mercy, but God is also a God that does not have to knock on our doors as many times as he does. I'm glad that he does. But today, the world is in a place where it needs what we have today, which is the message of hope, the message of life, the message that brings eternal life. And this morning, I'm going to deal with, and I know it sounds negative, but I promise it isn't really negative, but I want to just expose the unequipped church. How many knows that it's important to be equipped in no matter what you're doing? I had the joy of going shopping yesterday. I did. But you know, some of the places I went in, they was not equipped for the hour that we find ourselves in. Now, I, all of us in this room knows our world is changing, and we know that we're in a time of such heated political environment and such hatred and all of these things. But we also are in a time where there is, the Bible talks about, where there is disease and famine and, and unsettling events. And one of the things we're dealing with today in our culture and around the globe is that of a, uh, of a virus that you have all heard about and talked about. And, and I've actually had conversations with people and, uh, concerning that and telling people just to be smart and how they do things. And uh, we walked in a, a couple of warehouse stores yesterday just to find out that nobody had really prepared uh, for some of the things that's going on. Now, whether it's as extreme as some wants you to think it is, or maybe it's more extreme than we understand that it is. But I walked into uh, warehouse stores yesterday, and shelves was empty, things was missing, and uh, my wife looked at me and she said, uh, this ain't good, because of the simple fact of what she wanted to purchase was not available because the people that she went to get it from was not equipped for the supply and demand. Now, when you walk into a store when there is no rice, there is no paper goods, there is no bottled water, there is nothing like you normally buy in those places, you understand that there is, there is reason for concern and question. And I knew what I'd be ministering on today, but how many times does men and women come to the local church expecting to find something, but yet when they come, they find a church that's not equipped to meet them at their point of need. I want you to think on that this morning for a few moments because to be unequipped simply means to be somebody that is unprepared or unqualified uh, that is lacking the needed necessities for that moment. But we find that First Peter was written by the Apostle Peter. He was arguably the most prominent during the life of Christ and he wrote the book of first Peter and second Peter and others uh, but he did so to instruct the people of God that was going through a time of persecution and hardship to tell them and to instruct them to teach them to equip them uh, to be able to be who and what they were supposed to be 
Peter wrote simply to testify of the true grace of God and to encourage those that was maybe not in a really vibrant place in their life. And he did this by simply offering instructions in holiness and submission and duty as well as conduct. But really when you look at the, the thread that runs through his writing in 1 Peter, it is dealing with holiness, it's dealing with purity, and it's also dealing with a surrendered life. I want to pick this up in the middle of chapter number 1 and verse number 13 and read through verse number 20. It says, Wherefore, gird up the lawns of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. To equip simply means to supply with needed resources, and today there are certain things within the church assembly that is absent from the lives of many that sits there faithfully week in and week out. We are now seeing a generation of believers living lives that are absent of peace, absent of joy, absent of happiness, absent of vision, as well as absent of hope for tomorrow. Allow me to say that these things can only be found in God's Word and by and through the Holy Spirit. The purpose for Peter's writing was simply this, as I said momentarily ago, he simply wrote to encourage those as well as to equip them to walk into the promises of God. Today, the place that we find ourselves in our nation, it is a time when people must learn once again to become equipped for the spiritual warfare of our day so that others can really have a true experience of Jesus Christ. Can I say this morning that he's more than a feeling? He's more than just a goosebump up and down your spine. He's more than just someone we talk about, but he is so much more than that today. That which is needed in our culture today cannot be brought to you by a preacher, a singer, or a new method or a new form. It can only be brought and obtained through a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God upon a generation. And that can only happen when men in that generation become willing to surrender to the Word of God. Notice Peter first instructed uh, in this epistle that we are reading this morning, his, his first instruction was to gird up the lawns of your mind. 
To gird simply means to encircle. It means to fasten or prepare, to brace yourself. And he said, listen, there, there's one thing you have to do. You have to make sure that your mind is protected. How many knows that the playground of the enemy is the mind of humanity? All of your struggles, all of your opposition is brought about because the enemy comes and begins to torment the mind. There's men and women in this room right now that your mind is tormented because you don't think you're good enough, you don't think you qualify, and the enemy's told you all of the things that's wrong with you. And the thing is, we've been so busy doing life that if we're not careful, we didn't take the necessary time to sit down and to have our mind girded by the Word of God that tells us that we're more than enough and that we are overcomers and that we are the children of the Most High God. We, we haven't heard that this week. And therefore, our mind is in a place of turmoil today. But let me remind you, Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Talking about man. So we have to make sure that our thought process is correct and is in alignment with the Word of God this morning. Paul understood that the renewing of our mind was of utmost importance, and Peter understood that as well, but a passage many of you probably could quote this morning, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice, you can go a little further, and in Ephesians chapter 4, 23 through 32, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, Peter did not just stop talking about renewing the mind, but he proceeds further, and we read this morning, he said, we are to be sober. Now, we're not talking just about drunkenness, but he's saying that concerning your walk with Christ, you're going to have to be someone that is serious. You have to be someone that is earnest in your pursuit of him. That's why we also read in the scripture where it says, Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high calling of God. Listen, we have a generation today that is unequipped uh, to meet the demands of our society because as believers, we're not sober concerning the things of God. We get up, we give everything we have to our job, to our business, and we should do that. And we should do that in a manner as unto the Lord. But at the same time, the thing that should surpass all of that is what are we doing for the kingdom of God? Are we really been ambassadors? Are we taking it serious? Are we really been the mouthpiece that God's called us to be? I understand we're all gifted differently. I understand that we all operate in different callings. Uh, You may never stand on a platform, uh, but wherever you're doing life at is your platform, and you have to use your voice there just like I'm using my voice here. And just like in that element, you have to use your life uh, just like I have to use my life in the area that I minister but notice uh, we have to be sober about that meaning 
this, we have to be earnest about it. We have to be intentional about it. We have to take it serious. Uh, but if we're not careful, uh, and I know, I, listen, this is going to hit close to home uh, but for, for some of us this morning. But listen, uh, we're so distracted uh, and we're so overstretched and overcommitted uh, that the thing that comes last in our life is the thing that should be first in our life. Uh, we, we'll, we, we come running to the house of God. Uh, we're sweating before we get here. We're stressed before we get here. And then we expect God to just rain down on us. Uh, but we wasn't earnest about it. Uh, we, wasn't, we wasn't serious about it. Uh, listen, uh, I, I, I take what I do very seriously. Uh, and, and, and I know many of you do in your business and, and your workplace. Uh, but listen, uh, you got to be serious about your faith. Uh, listen, you don't know who God's going to put in your path this week. Uh, and, and, and you can't just halfway haphazardly uh, do this thing called church and do this thing called faith. Uh, you're going to have to be equipped because can I tell you, uh, I deal with more stressful situations uh, when I'm walking down and just bump into somebody uh, than when I do with scheduled appointments. Uh, and that's why I have to make sure uh, that I am sober, meaning this, uh, that my mind is not contaminated with the garbage of the enemy. Uh, but if I have a renewed mind, I can walk in a place where I am sober and I'm earnest because I have clarity of thought uh, and I understand the seriousness of the call. Uh, can I ask you this question? Do you really understand uh, how serious the call is on your life uh, to be an ambassador for the kingdom? Uh, an ambassador never takes their own message, uh, but always takes the message of another. Uh, the message that's been given to you uh, is simply a message to go into all of the world uh, and to take the gospel uh, that Jesus saves, uh, he delivers, uh, and he sets free. Uh, I bet every one of you uh, could name a list this morning of somebody that needs delivered, uh, that somebody that needs set free, uh, that somebody needs salvation. Uh, but I ask you the question this morning, uh, how serious have you been in the last seven days uh, to take the message that can bring that deliverance? Peter understood, he said, listen, if you are going to be the church of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to make sure that you're earnestly pursuing him. But also he says, you are to be men and women that are full of hope. Hope simply means to desire with expectation of fulfillment. I wonder just how much hope's in the room this morning. It's not by chance it's not by accident I'm not one that believes in luck but I am one that believes that when somebody begins to put their hope in Jesus that the darkness can turn today that the shadow of death can be turned to the light of morning can I tell you this morning we are to be men and women that are full of hope. You may ask, what does that really mean? It means this we are to be found with a spirit of expectancy concerning the things of God as well as concerning our lives. What happens when a man or a woman walks or has a spirit of expectancy? Miracles begins to take place. Why is there a lack of miracles? Why is there a lack of signs and wonder? Is because there is a lack of hope.
within the body of Christ today. Notice Acts chapter 3, a very familiar story. Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer. There was a lame man sitting outside the gate called Beautiful. He fastened his eyes upon them, expecting to receive something of them. What happened because of his expectancy? Peter turned to him and he simply said, silver and gold I don't have, but that which I do have I give to you. And immediately strength came to his ankle bones and he leaped and he praised God and he went into the temple. He entered into a place that he had never been before because of a spirit of expectancy. Can I tell you that you just don't need to set out and admire the beautiful gate of the temple, but there is some things in the temple that you can experience if you just have an expecting spirit. Notice with me, if you was to read in Mark chapter number 5, verses 25 through 29, there was a certain woman that had an issue of blood, and she had suffered many things. But when she pressed through, because she heard of Jesus, and she touched the hem of his garment, she said this, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall behold. And immediately she was uh, healed in that moment of time. How and why? It's because there was a spirit of expectancy. She had hope. I ask you this morning, do you really have hope? Do you really have the faith to believe that God is able to, to do those things in your life that needs to be done? But where I want to spend a little bit of time this morning, as we was reading in 1 Peter chapter number 1, we find as we begin to read down through this chapter, notice verse 15 said, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You and I today need to understand that one of the reasons that the church is unequipped to meet the needs of the people today in our culture is because we have bought into the lies of the enemy that says that we no longer need to be holy. Now, I'm not going on a legalistic rabbit trail, and I'm not going to tradition, but I want you to hear me this morning. When did it become okay not to be holy? When When did God change his mind about holiness? The reason for much struggle today that men find themselves in is due to the ignoring of his word concerning this very topic of living a separated life. Drunkenness is still sin. Immorality is still sin. Fornication is still sin. Adultery lifestyle is still sin. Modesty is still required. I knew y'all weren't going to shout me down this morning, but that's all right. I'm going to tell you something. Your family, my family, are dying and going to hell because we want to live like the world and still have Jesus. Instead of being men and women of God that's willing to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and to stand and say, I will willingly be a peculiar person for the kingdom of God. Listen. You're never going to have the anointing. You're never going to have the power. 
You're never going to operate in the things that you desire to operate in until you come back to a place where you're willing to live holy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. We have men and women today that think, I can do what I want, how I want, when I want. And they don't realize they're in a free fall to hell while they're setting in the church because they refuse to live separated. Now, notice with me 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17 and 18. Very familiar passage of scripture in the holiness church. For many years, wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. But notice chapter 7, verse 1. It says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God hear me we are still called to be holy we are still called to be men and women that set apart because hear me today God has never nor will he ever bless sin if sin was acceptable to him God would have never sent Jesus in the form of a child and never made him suffer the brutality of Calvary. But because there had to be a remission of sin, somebody had to be the sacrifice. And can I tell you, because of that sacrifice, he has the right to instruct us to be holy. Does it matter that we don't like it? Because I'm going to be honest with you. This flesh isn't going to like it. This flesh is evil. I know you think you're altogether lovely and all of that, but the flesh is evil. The word of the Lord tells us that very clearly. And if we don't crucify this flesh every day, this flesh will not lead us into the presence of God, but it will lead us away from God, and then we wonder why our lives is in shambles. We wonder why we no longer see a smile on the believer. We wonder why we no longer see someone dancing in the presence of God. We wonder why there's a lack of joy and enthusiasm. Uh, it simply all traces back to the fact uh, that we're trying to accomplish something that we're not willing to be equipped for. And this morning, yes, we are to be men and women that renew our minds. Uh, yes, we are to be sober, and yes, we're to be full of hope. Uh, but we are called to be men and women that are holy. Uh, Holiness uh, is not an option, but it is a requirement. And to be holy uh, is not to be haughty. Uh, it's not to be hard. Uh, it's not to be somebody that walks around with a list of do's and don'ts and say, you got to line up to this and my standard. No, holy uh, is a person, place, or thing that is set apart uh, for the service of God. That means this, uh, a man or a woman uh, has to be willing to give God everything. Uh, he doesn't want just part of you. 
but he wants all of you. And listen, he calls us to be fishers of men. He never called us to clean men. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. And when you and I begin to walk in a holy manner, we become a peculiar people and we become the salt and the light. And when we become to walk with salt and become salt of the earth, men and women begin to become thirsty for the God that's in us. And when they begin to taste and see that he is good, they then willingly begin to have a renewed mind and conform to the things of God. Listen, don't you be mean-spirited because somebody doesn't meet your standard. That's not holiness. But holiness is a man or a woman that walks in a complete sold-out fashion that says, I will leave everything and follow Jesus. And can I tell you this? When a man is holy, he will not have the traces of the world in his life. He will not have a modesty issue. He will not have an immorality issue. He will not have a drunken issue because he is a man that has put off the old and put on the new and he is created in righteousness and true holiness. This morning, please hear me. There is a world that needs Jesus. But the Jesus that they've been exposed to uh, is a Jesus that doesn't exist. The Jesus that they need to be exposed to is the one that, yes, he came in the form of a babe in a manger, uh, but yet he is the one that went to Calvary, uh, but yet he is also the one that resurrected uh, in power and authority. uh, And he's one sitting on the right hand of the Father uh, this morning, and he says this, uh, I'm still able to save, deliver, and set free. Listen, my friend. When did it become okay? Who told you it was okay to live like the world, talk like the world, do what the world does, and then still come to the house of God and expect the blessings and the anointing of God? Who told you all of that was okay? God never changed his mind. Don't, don't, don't you say, well, those old timers, that we've, we've got beyond that. Yeah, we've got beyond it all, right? That's why we're still burying everybody instead of seeing people delivered and set free. Listen, don't, don't, don't come back and, and say, oh, they was just out of touch. The, listen, we, we're, we're more educated now. I, I thank God for the education. I, I thank God for the, all of the increases. But please hear me. We need to find some grannies. We need to find some pappies. And we need to find some mommies and daddies. It says, I don't care what the world thinks of me. But I've got to take a generation into the presence of God. And the only way you're going to do that, the only way I'm going to do that, is if we become equipped. And we will never, ever truly experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives and in a local church, or in a community, or in a nation, until somebody becomes willing to be holy. Not only are we to be holy, but we are to pass our time here in fear. Not a spirit of fear, but we are to pass our time here in a state of reverence to who he truly is. 
Proverbs 3 and 5 says this, trust in the Lord with part of your heart. But God, I've got this. Can I tell you in all of the love, you ain't got it. You can tell me the same thing, just tell me in love, you ain't got it. I don't have it. But I have to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And what? Lean not to my own understanding. Hear me today. We must remember, we must remember that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, not that of men, not that of organizations, not that of political parties, but we have been redeemed by Jesus Christ himself. John chapter 15 simply says this in verse 13 through 19. It says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Notice, these things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, I know that don't want to make you shout too much, but remember, you've been redeemed. In Galatians 3, 13 and 14, says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, been made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Why do I need to be one with a renewed mind? Why do I need to be one that's sober? Why do I need to be one that's full of hope? Why do I need to be one that's holy? Why do I need to be one that walks in a place of fear and reverence to the things of God is because, listen, you have been bought with a price and you belong to another. And the reason for that was not for him to grab and hold of you and say, you're mine. No, he did that so that you could step and transition into the blessing of Abraham, that you could experience the promise of God through the Spirit by faith. Notice. It's still about the precious blood of Jesus. The old songwriter penned these words, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my soul rolled away. It was there by faith. Hear me? It was there by faith. Listen, it was your faith in him that lifted the weight of sin. I must say it is only those that will receive the word of God in this season into their life that is going to be able to have the ability to stand in this hour. I'm not full of doom and gloom this morning, but I'm going to tell you something. You could wake up tomorrow and a whole lot of things could be a whole lot different than they are today. We could wake up tomorrow 
and we could be absent a whole lot more things than toilet paper and bottled water. And you'd have thought, man, yesterday the world was at an end. People was, they was, they was in distress. What am I going to do? You will go down to the store and buy a pack instead of a bulk, I guess. You know, they was distressed. They couldn't deal with it. But I'm going to tell you something. Our world could change very quickly overnight. And it is changing. But I'm so thankful that there's a Goshen for God's people. But I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody that says they belong to God really belongs to him. And I don't say that in a judgmental fashion this morning, but I say that to tell you this. We all have to self-examine daily. And we have to look and make sure that we haven't let the enemy contaminate our thought process. But we're in a place today in our society when you hear messages such like this, I know what happens because I know how the enemy works. You're sitting there this morning. Some of you probably, if it wasn't so obvious, you'd just crash, cross your arms like this and say, well, that's for everybody but me. I'm good. No. Listen, my friend. We must be a holy people, yes. Yes, we have to live a separated life. But notice with me, we also have to be men and women that understand that this world isn't our home. And the applause of men... It fades away very quickly. You can be the world's greatest today, but they're going to have another one tomorrow. Listen, you and I are in a place today of great importance. I just want to remind you of the simple things of God's word this morning. He said, they hated me, they will hate you. You know why? It's because they don't understand our thought process they don't understand and they feel the colliding of two kingdoms but that doesn't exempt us from extending the love that he extended us because there was a time when we were sinners there was a time when we was far from him there was a time when we didn't want to hear too but it was because of God using people or through his word that our hearts were softened and our vision changed this morning please hear me there's an unequipped church that you don't have to be yet but you can be a man or woman that is completely at peace and rest you can be at a place where your home does not have to be like the home of others but your home can be a place not just of strength and comfort but it can be a place of peace your marriage doesn't have to be chaotic it can be a marriage that is covered with the love and the blessings of God your family doesn't have to be dysfunctional when you take authority over it and begin to plead the blood over it God is able to bring healing virtue to it and there can be a calm to all of the things and all of the noise of our world does it mean you go through stuff? Absolutely, we go through stuff. But it means this. We understand that we're not stuck in the stuff, that we're going through the stuff. And only those that are holy, those that are set apart, really experiences the blessings of God at the level that God wants us to experience them. If they come to the music this morning, 
Peter understood. And he wrote exhorting to his audience. And he's still writing to this audience today, you and I. Be holy. Be pure. Be submissive. Because when you're holy and you're pure and you're submissive, you're a vessel that God is able to pour into and he's able to flush all the junk out of you and put a refreshing of the Holy Spirit in you where you're able to walk with power and authority where you can be a light that touches humanity all around you. This morning, on a beautiful Sunday morning, the sun is shining. The blessings of God is abounding. Or we wouldn't be here this morning. But He blessed us with strength. He blessed us with the ability to walk and move. He blessed us to be able to fellowship with each other as we came in. And as we'll go out in a few moments, we'll be able to greet each other and give each other a smile and all those things because of the blessings of God. Not because of any good deed that we've done, just because of His blessing. We made it through another week. Now we're getting ready to start a new one. All because of the blessings of God. Can I tell you that life is precious. None of us in this room knows how much time we have left. I hope I, I hope I have a long time. But I don't know if I'm going to make it to nightfall. Nor do you. I'd hate to be in church on Sunday morning. Step into eternity Sunday afternoon. Knowing I was just playing. That I wasn't really holy. Wasn't really been set apart. I hadn't really surrendered. But everybody thought I was. Listen. This is not this is not to be hard or harsh, but I'm gonna tell you something. The world doesn't need us just to assemble here this morning. While we're here, they're still in their mess. They're still in their hopelessness. They're still overwhelmed this morning. Some of them still have a needle in their arm this morning. Some still have a gun laying on the table beside them and they're looking at it right now saying, I just don't know if I can do it. But we're here singing a song, hearing a message, giving an offering. Those are all things that we should do and they are biblical. But if that's all we're doing, we're just fooling ourselves. Because we're called to be the church not just on Sunday but every day of our life when you walk out of here if you go to a local restaurant you're to be the church at that restaurant you go to your workplace tomorrow you're called to be the church and how is it that you're okay with it and I'm okay with giving the world a picture or a narrative of Jesus that's not accurate 
how is it that we're okay with just simply saying, well, we'll pray for you instead of just taking their hand and being the church right then and being their source that they need? Is it okay that they wait? Well, we hope God moves in their situation in six months. Today is the day of salvation. What's that mean? Today's the day of healing. Today's the day of deliverance. Today is the day of miracles. Today is the day of the unspeakable and the un unthinkable. But why are we not operating in it? Why are we not experiencing it? It's because somewhere along the lines, we've, we, 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 we've, we've been indoctrinated to believe that you don't need to be holy. You don't need to be sober. You don't need to be full of hope. You don't need to have a renewed mind. Hear me this morning. Please hear me. There is so much potential in this room and every room like this across this nation that we could turn the world upside down in a matter of hours if we just fall down at his feet and say, Father, forgive me. And that we'd have a renewed mind. And it would be men and women that began to operate in hope again began to have a spirit of expectancy and began to see him for who he is that our God is bigger and that he is more than able we need somebody to be salt we need somebody to be light in this hour and that somebody is you and me but the question is are we willing are we willing to lay off the things of the world and put on the things of God in order to see a generation experience him. I pray that we are. Because I'm going to tell you this morning, it's going to take more than just meeting in here. But it's going to take you and I living in here, sitting at his table and eating continually, and having conversation with him and sitting in his presence and letting him speak into our lives when you really see him for who he is you then are able to begin to operate in the realm that he desires for you to operate in and life will be transformed and changed but you and I we got to make the decision am I going to be the unequipped church or am I going to be the bride of Christ because there is a remnant right now that's full of power full of authority has the ability to meet the needs of this people in this, on this globe right now. They didn't get there overnight, but they got there through a life of surrender. So this morning, as we stand all over